Hi, I'm Debbie Harbeck, and I'm a certified life coach working with women in midlife and through the menopause transition. So each week, I'll be sharing the latest information, inspiration, and generate some momentum so you can move forward and feel more in control of your changing midlife body and your life. Let's go. Okay, so welcome to the Midlife Momentum Podcast. I am so glad you're here today because I have a guest with me today. Her name is Lindsay Newitter. She is a certified Alexander Technique teacher who specializes in improving posture. She has over 16 years experience working with individuals, groups, and companies, and now specializes in helping women convey confidence when they communicate. Her tips have been on Good Morning America, CBS Radio, and featured in the New York Times and Vogue. And I also want to add that after 20 years in New York City, she has relocated to Montreal, so she's close by, which is wonderful. So welcome to the podcast, Lindsay. Thank you. Good to be here. All right. Well, I'm happy you're here because, first of all, obviously, I'm going to ask you the question, what is the Alexander Technique? Because I think a lot of us don't know what that is, and also how it has impacted your life, that would be great. Sure. So I'll give you just a brief history where it comes from and why it was developed in the first place. And then I'll go into kind of more how how it's helped me and how it helps the people I help. Um, But it was developed actually in the early 20th century by a man named F.M. Alexander, who was a public performer of Shakespearean texts. So this might seem like an odd connection here. But he was chronically losing his voice and he didn't know why it wasn't a medical problem. And so he observed himself over months and he realized that every time he went to speak, he went into this postural pattern that was shutting down his breathing, compressing his larynx, and that that pattern it was kind of a, a full body pattern that started up here with his head and neck, kind of would go like this sort of stick his chin forward like he might at the computer, which is how we're gonna get into that. And the neck would tighten, you might feel if you stick your chin forward, the back of your neck tightens, and that that was impacting his voice. So what he was stumbling upon was uh, what you might say is a very common pattern that manifests itself in a variety of ways, but often we see some version of the same basic pattern in people, having strain issues in all sorts of things. So not just the voice. So, you know, I wouldn't call the Alexander technique a vocal technique. I would call it a technique that helps with your, your posture, your coordination, uh, getting integrated in your body so that you can, uh, you can move, you can breathe, and you can coordinate all that with good posture. So uh, speaking was where it started, but it really helps with a lot of different things. I first learned about it when I was studying acting because it is uh, common in a lot of theater programs, um, music programs, a lot of performing arts programs bring in the Alexander Technique because it helps so much with, uh, for musicians, for example, avoiding repetitive strain injury, for actors with posture, presence, voice, kind of getting rid of your habits that might get in the way of you inhabiting a character, that kind of thing. So my story was that I was studying acting when I was in college. This was uh, about, at this point, this was 24 years ago, 44, I was 20 at the time. 
And um, I felt a little lost in my own body. I was having, you know, so many classes, voice, speech, movement. I was getting all of these instructions, great information, but I didn't know how to apply the information. It was always like, am I doing this right? I'm trying. I think I'm doing it right. But it was like a shot in the dark. And if I did it right, I didn't really know what I did to do it right. And if I did it wrong, I didn't really, couldn't really feel what I was doing wrong. So we had a required class in the Alexander Technique in my third year. And it was like suddenly this kinesthetic light bulb came on and I could feel what I was doing in my body. And suddenly all those kind of confusing instructions made sense physically. And on top of that, I have scoliosis and I'd worn a back brace all through high school. And because of the scoliosis and just the effects of wearing this basically like plastic corset on my body, which you could imagine it can make you kind of stiff, could impact your breathing, your digestion. Remember I used to get chronic urinary tract infections. I had trouble exercising. I just get tired immediately. I get sick. And I, I was 20 years old. I would lie in bed and my limbs would go numb and I had no idea why. And so suddenly I started feeling more comfortable. Like I could sit still without feeling like I had, like I was never in a comfortable position and I felt more confident socially, mm -hmm. felt more confident in the program I was studying in because I felt like I was starting to get command of my own body. And at the time I might not have even defined it as that's what I needed. I actually had no idea what I needed. I don't even know how I would have defined my problem at that time, but I knew I felt very uncomfortable most of the time to the point that I almost assumed that was normal. Like I almost didn't question it until I felt a contrast. And I just feel so lucky that I had that opportunity at that time in my life because it's helped me so much since. I don't know if you want me to go into that now or if we're going to get into that later, but Yeah, no. Well, I I love well, I love your story. I love that, you know, it was just it just happened. Like it was just mm -hmm. sort of by accident that you yeah. stumbled across it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. that it it really changed your life and it's just this mm -hmm. amazing connection between your body and your mind. You totally embody that. So many of us, I think even if we don't have scoliosis, we can, can connect with what you said, because I think a lot of us are disconnected from yeah. our bodies. And I know it, as a yoga teacher, how disconnected even I was when I started yoga, knowing what my, my body was doing when I couldn't see it. Like if you're not in front of a mirror, where, where is everything? I don't know. So it's just so interesting how you, you integrated all that. So yeah, I'd love you to explain a little bit more then, as you said, keep going. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it also just, just going on with what you said about the mind and the body. I think another really crucial thing about that is that in studying this work for myself, and I think for a lot of my clients, what, what you start to realize is that your internal experience becomes physical and vice mm. versa. Mm. And to be able to have a real time sense of that can be so valuable. So like, one of the things that I focus a lot on, particularly in working with women, is interactions. And so being able to have some awareness without being self-conscious, so you're, you're conscious, but not in that sort of, you know, overly self-conscious way of just where you physically are in space, what you're feeling, and how that relates to, you know, what you're responding to. 
you know, all day we're just, we're responding to things. We're reacting, we're re reacting to furniture, computers, cell phones, stuff we're doing, people we're talking to, sound. And our, our bodies respond to that. We might think of it as mental, but it, it's very physical as well. Yeah. And it's so automatic. Like we don't yeah. even notice it. Right. And I exactly. just think this is all about noticing that noticing the effect of all these external stimuli on our bodies. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's so interesting. So what are like, when you do have clients come to you, what do they generally come to you for? What do they ask for help with? Especially because, because this podcast is about women in midlife, the women yeah. who are of this age, what, what do they come to you for? So it's, it's sometimes more than one thing, but the reasons tend to fall in two categories. One it might be, there's a physical problem. Mm -hmm. Another is um, kind of more of an interactive social, I won't even say problem, but just something that they're trying to get a handle on. Uh, in some cases, they come with, with both equally. Some cases, they might start with one, like, oh, uh, they, you know, maybe there's some back pain or something because of how they're sitting. And then they realize, oh, this helps me with stress. This helps me feel more grounded when I have to be in a meeting or, you know, they, they start with that wanting to, you know, think about how they are presenting themselves. And then it helps with some kind of more what we might traditionally call physical issue. Uh, I could give you a couple examples, specific yeah, examples. Yeah, sure. I'd love that. One person I'm thinking of, um, she was having like a lot of uh, discomfort sitting at her desk and dealing with her screen and dealing um with glasses that are, uh, what do you call them? Um, bifocal? Bi well, bifocal, yeah, I think they might've been trifocal. Uh, and like looking, a lot of a lot of people uh, discover, you know, particularly in midlife when their vision starts to change, that there's a challenge in trying to look at something like a screen because you have to look through a certain part of the glasses and that might make mm -hmm. you put your head and your neck in a different position, uh, which then affects your posture. And some people sometimes have, develop pain from that. So we were working quite a bit with her, you know, how she was setting herself up at her desk, her body awareness with the screen. But there was also another big issue, which had to do with being in a leadership role at work and being able to uh, stay composed in certain situations, certain kinds of meetings or, you know, people who were challenging uh, to interact with and to stay really present and grounded. And I think that that is also something particular to midlife, that there are a lot of women who are moving into more leadership roles in their 40s and 50s, that they find, oh, okay, that, you know, they have to kind of step up to that and that there are new challenges in dealing with that responsibility. So when they were younger, there might have been the, the challenge of that they, they want to move up and how, how to do that. Maybe they've kind of managed that. And now it's the, okay, now I'm the boss. Yeah. Yeah. Do do it's I a whole other level. Like I just, I yeah. noticed my body just went like this, like yeah, <laughs> straightened <laughs> up and uh, it's, a, it's a leadership position. So it is very, it's very much in your body. So, so how did you help her? What did you, what did you work on? Well, I, we did a couple different things. And so, you know, one thing, and this is something Actually, both of these things I can I can offer listeners some some uh, suggestions. Yeah. Uh, but one is just you know being aware of where your body is in space. 
So like one thing, which was really that thing that was interfering with Alexander's voice is that a lot of people are um, interfering with their head and neck and that that tends to impact the whole body. So the best example that most people can usually relate to is looking at the phone and like they kind of drop the whole head and neck down or looking at the screen, sort of pushing the face forward, which you might not notice. Like if you put your hands right on the back of your neck and you push your face forward, you're going to feel the back of your neck scrunches at the back mm -hmm. of your head. Actually, mm -hmm. if, if you're looking at this, you probably see me and kind of pushing the back of my head down into my neck. So those muscles in the back of the neck get really tense. The reason why this particular thing is so important is because your head weighs about 10 to 12 pounds. And for every inch that it goes off center is if you're multiplying the weight mm. by 10. That has an impact on everything below. People often think of posture, it's shoulders. I've got to pull my shoulders back. Actually, it doesn't work. It makes people stiff. You want to be yeah. holding your shoulders back. That's kind of another thing. It's like you actually want your shoulders to be able to move. And for them to be able to be balanced, you need your, your head and neck to be balanced. And that can help your whole spine, your whole torso, everything to be balanced. So that's that's really number one. And mm -hmm. just being aware of where they are. And can I can I take you through a little exercise here? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So uh, if you follow along with me, so a lot of people aren't actually aware of where their neck is and where their head is. And then that impacts how they move them. Mm. So if you just feel where we were feeling before, feel where the base of the back of your head meets your neck. So what you're feeling is where there's bone, the bottom of the skull, called the occipital. And then just below, it's kind of fleshy. So that's your neck. So you want to have your fingers right on the spot that kind of divides that area. Mm. And then we're going to trace around and say, what on your face is directly opposite that dividing line? And so you're going to have to go through the middle of your ears. If you go over the top, you won't be directly in front. So go right through the middle of your ears. And we end up, okay, we ended up in the same place. Yeah. <laughs> so we end up <laughs> cheekbones yeah. or like the bottom of your nose, right? Yeah. Yeah. So what that means is your spine goes up to your cheekbones in the bottom of your nose. Right? Yeah, you never think of it going that high. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> if you think about like, if you feel in the back, it's sort of like, okay, that kind of makes sense, right? That's where your neck is. And then you go on the front, it's like, wait, the spine goes all the way up, like past the jaw. Wow. Up to the nose. And so where the hinge point is, where the that first joint where your head meets your spine, where your head meets your neck is way up between your ears behind your cheekbones. The thing about that is, is that most people don't use that joint. They, they don't use a lot of their neck. They just take their neck with them and move it with mm -hmm. their head. So like, if you think of, if you looked at your phone, like if you pick up your phone right now, and I'll show this on the video. So a lot of people, they pick up the phone and they just drop the whole head and neck, right? So if you're just listening, you just feel like where your shoulders are. If you just dropped your whole head and neck from the shoulders. Yeah, like that's a whole hinge point right there. That's, right. that's where we hinge right. from, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and when I first started learning this, I was amazed because I really thought the back of my head went down to my chin. Yeah. <laughs> but I had no idea where my neck was. <laughs> and so it was sort of like this revelation. So instead, when you look at your phone, all you really have to do is do this tiny little movement up at the top. 
that doesn't mean you only move your head there. Like if you need to look down farther, you keep looking down. The thing is you can initiate higher up and look, I'm just going to gently move my chin. Mm. And I'm just kind of, it's not pulling my chin back. I'm just looking down at the phone, gently dropping the chin. And to make that even easier, you can just think your head is following your eyes. Often all these, these postural difficulties, they start with the eyes that we just see when we go toward the thing. So I'm just going to look at my phone with my eyes. You can try this with me and just don't hold the phone way out in front of you because then you're dealing with the weight of the arm. Just Mm -hmm. bend your elbow, keep your arm by your side. Just look down with the eyes first and then just let your chin just very gently drop without tightening anything. Wow. And isn't that a small movement? Yeah, it's so tiny. It's not, we don't have to. (laughs) Yeah. It's so interesting. Yeah, we don't, we don't think of that, that we have those hinges like all the way up there that we just have yeah. to tilt it a little bit and we can actually, wow, save our necks and everything else. <laughs> right. Yeah. So if you don't, like every time you look at your phone, you keep your head balanced and just move as much as you need to, <clears throat> that can save you a lot of strain. And it's that, you know, heavy dropping of the head and neck. That's what pulls the shoulders down. Yeah. Like you said, it's a 10 to 12 pound weight that you're just dropping out in front of you. Mm -hmm. It just pulls everything. That's really interesting. It it makes you so much more aware. Just that awareness now, just what you said about the spine up to my cheekbones. So now I can really think, wow, I can tilt my head from that point. It's very helpful. Just a kind of a change of what is often called body schema. It's your representation of where your body parts are in your own mind. They're more accurate. And um, that affects uh, another fancy word called proprioception. Yeah. Which is your sense of, um, it's just your sense of where you are in space, where your body parts are in space, your sense of balance and how much effort you need and where that effort comes from. Like, is it all coming from your shoulder? (laughs) Or like, you know, if you pick something up, doing it all with your shoulder or you're doing it with your hand that's another thing I, I work on with people where wow. is the effort coming from so yeah, just where is your day. body in space and how to use yeah. your body like what you've just mentioned is most of us don't even realize we could just we, we don't think about it that we yeah. our spine works that way going to pick something up but like a lot of us don't understand like all the little uh, parts that could move to go and reach for something and pick something up. It, it takes both, I guess. It's noticing your body in space, but also understanding how it works. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, and sometimes people say, "Well, like I, I, um, I make these little YouTube videos with tips, and I was doing one on um, putting laundry from the washer to the dryer and front loading laundry because somebody actually requested that I, I do that, and I was telling that to somebody." who I, I just met recently. And she was like, why would you need to know how to do that? <laughs> like, you know, like what, how does that impact my life? But it's those little things that add up that then affect like when you really need to be on, when you really like want to be at your best. And let's say, you know, we use the phone as an example or the computer and you've been just sort of hunched over possibly for hours and then you get into the meeting and you've got that sort of you know text neck or phone posture computer posture and like you're like oh where where am I yeah you know and then then what a lot of people do is they just try to pull their shoulders back Mm -hmm. and then they're really stiff there is there is a balance that's neither the collapsed nor the stiff shoulders back 
Okay. So when you work with clients, you try to, well, that's part of it, I guess. And I guess in doing that, you're alleviating pain, but you're also helping them. Like you said, it's, it's when you embody this, when you feel that in your body, there's a whole level of confidence that comes with mm -hmm. that as well. Right. It yeah. Other things. Yeah. So sometimes it really does help people feel more confident. <clears throat> there's a, there's a flip side to that though, because sometimes people are, they don't have a confidence issue but they still, they kind of lose themselves. Like mm -hmm. they just, get, they get really excited and engaged. And um, there's this uh, woman who I worked with, who she's, she was saying she'd be in these zoom meetings and trying to engage with all the people in the little squares. And she's like, you know, going up to the screen and has no idea where she is in space. It's like, she's trying to like go into, into all the little Hollywood squares. So something that we worked on, it was, it was, similar, you know, we, we sort of got her more in her body, sensing where she is, being able to stay grounded, breathing, and to just kind of receive the screen. And that's it. That's a tip that people can use, you know, at the computer. So they don't get that, you know, face twitch toward the computer. It's just think of what you're seeing is coming to you. I love that. It's just a little, well, again, an awareness thing, but just a, a different perception is that I'm not going there. It's coming to me. Yeah. That changes yeah. everything. I, cause I do tend to do that. I notice myself going to the screen, but right. that's, uh, that's really good. Just so yeah, simple. Well, it's great that you notice it as well. Yeah. <laughs> so if you notice it already, you're, you're halfway there. Yeah. And that, and that's really what it is, right? It's just being, it's noticing all of these things. Yes. So yeah. Do you have any other, any other things you want to share with the audience? I, you said you had some YouTube videos. What are some other examples of, of YouTube videos that you, that you've put out there that could be helpful? Well, I've done a lot of different topics. They're, they're mainly topics that I, people ask me about a lot. And so they're just, they're little short clips, um, just giving you, you know, two to three tips for how to start making a change. So something could be um, like one of them is sleeping, <laughs> which obviously you're not conscious in your sleep, but people ask me all the time, how should I set myself up in yeah. bed? Yeah, another thing is dealing with sitting on the couch or issues with working at home. Um, mm -hmm. I did one a few weeks ago called uh, pajama posture. Okay. To do both. Like if you've been working from home a lot and, and you're sort of in that pajama mode on the couch and then, you know, then you have to be on how to get out of that kind of, you know, pajama posture mode. Things like chopping vegetables, washing dishes, walking the dog, all sorts of things. Dealing with kids. I have two teenage daughters. Uh, one of them graciously volunteered to be in one of my videos and we worked on how she was sitting while doing her homework and how to cue a teen, you know, without doing it in an engaging way <laughs> rather than just saying sit up straight which often you know they pull their shoulders back and it's like that's not comfortable and they collapse because it isn't comfortable <laughs> oh that's that's really helpful because all of those things are very relatable and they're all things that we do I've yeah. I've even noticed that and I, I had some awareness about this because of my hip lately that I'm not using the muscles in my hip very well that I do whenever I'm in the kitchen and, and you mentioned chopping vegetables, whenever I'm yeah. working in the kitchen, I'm leaning on the counter. Mm -hmm. So all my weight on my back is pushed forward yeah. and I'm just using that as support. So it's so interesting how you, these simple things that we don't notice we're doing every day and that 
just bringing awareness to it's like all of a sudden like oh wait i'm i'm not using my muscles i'm i'm letting the counter do the work mm-hmm. <laughs> so, right and it's it causing is. my posture to go off so do you want a quick tip for that sure <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of like you're making the counter the floor or the part of the, your body that's touching the counter it's like you're making it the floor and it's a false floor <laughs> oh yeah. like your lower back waist area whatever's touching there you're probably kind of my guess is you're probably kind of sinking into that yes exactly i'm right? just sort of using yeah. it to prop me up almost like to like right. okay but i don't even realize i'm doing it and now that i'm aware of it it's like okay now i got to stand on my own use my own body to to take that weight so but what I would suggest you you think about is that you have kind of a light focus on your feet okay that's the floor that that's where your grounding is coming from okay so the the second thing that I think is second most important to you know what's going on up here with the the head and the weight of the head is are you grounded the simplest cue that you can use that is accessible to you at any time is just the feeling of your feet on the floor okay and just saying there are my feet like you could try that right now Debbie do you feel that with my feet yeah I do I do feel my feet now do we want to have the weight anywhere specific or you just want to be able to feel your feet in general uh like when you're standing you mean yeah yeah so that's something that that I I do go into more detail with people with like where, you know, where they'll feel their weight on their feet. Uh, ideally we want it kind of evenly distributed between the heel and the ball of the foot. Mm -hmm. Um, but if the weight is going all the way forward or all the way back or most of the way, probably not all the way, um, what could be causing that can vary quite a bit from person to person. It could be coming from the pelvis tilting one way or the other way or the upper body tilting one way or the other way. Or the head um, too. I or the head. Maybe. Yeah. Or, and then, you know, if you try to adjust it at the ankles, you're not making the changes up here. So that's where things can get a little more complex. Just to say most people, when they are standing, they're leaning backwards. This kind of blows people's minds because when I ask them, what do you think you're doing? They say, I think I'm leaning forwards because they, mm-hmm. they might feel their shoulders going forward. I'll stand up and show you. I'll, t- I'll talk it through at the same time. Yeah, sure. So if I'm, let's say I'm, I'm uh, standing at the counter, right? You might be leaning your hips on the counter. Yeah. But you also, you know, I, I, I don't know if this is actually what you're doing. <laughs> it's possible you're doing something else. But you also might be leaning back at your waist, lower back area. Okay. And someone could be leaning back here. It's like right at the bottom of the ribs, right? Where you say, you know, put your hands on your hips. People are often leaning back there, Mm. but their shoulders might be going forward. So you can see that I'm leaning back, but my shoulders are going forward. I'm repeating it because this is often really counterintuitive because the person whose shoulders are going forward will usually think that they are leaning forward. But for the shoulders to balance, their torso actually needs to come forward here. Wow. Yeah. Again, it's that other pivot point, you know, like we're always, we're so limited in where we think we can move from. Exactly. And it it can be a really strange experience because that when the person is then standing up, you know, in a more aligned way, they usually say to me, I feel like I'm leaning forward or I feel like I'm slouching or Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm sticking my butt out or I feel like I'm a chimpanzee. Like they feel like they somehow have like these big shoulders that are sort of pushing forward. 
so it, it can be kind of a, a a strange feeling to be balanced because you might not be used to it. Absolutely. And so you're like a kind of a mirror to them. Yeah. You're showing them, well, this is what, what's, this is what I'm seeing is happening, you know, and people must be like, really? Like, I don't don't feel like that at all. So is your work is trying to get them to feel it, I guess, Mm -hmm. in their body and then be able to correct it. Yeah. yeah. So it's to, it's to feel and and to go back even a step further, it's to feel what they're doing in the first place. Yeah. Cuz if you just go to correcting it, then it's like you you kind of miss the whole process. So it's really the process of noticing what's happening and which sometimes people get frustrated with because like they they have a lesson or they do a class and they're like suddenly they're noticing all of their habits. And they're like, oh God, like I'm doing everything wrong. And, and they, they get frustrated with themselves. It's like, well, nothing actually got worse. You're mm-hmm. actually a step ahead because you're noticing it. And then at, if, you, if you stay in that step of noticing the habit, it actually gives you an advantage rather than rushing too quickly to fix it. Uh, yeah. And that makes sense, right? Because then you can really notice what there is to correct. It's not just that you know what it is. It's that you yeah. feel it. You you can tell in your own body what it is, yeah. which is really, really interesting. So I, I assume this, ta- this is a process, right? Obviously it takes time to be able to notice and then yeah. to, is it that you give them exercises to do to correct it? Or what what do you do to help them correct it? When I work with people in person, there's a lot of hands-on work. So Mm -hmm. I'm actually showing them the feeling, right? And and helping them, like guiding them to move and, you know, showing that this is, you know, that's tension. That's actually releasing something. I want you to move by releasing, not creating more tension. So there's a lot of tuning in with that. When I work with people online, it's a similar kind of guiding, but it's verbal. It's without the hands-on. And you know, I find that both are helpful because when I'm guiding people online, they're often in their own environment and they get to kind of make that new habit in their own space rather than having to go somewhere and then come home and go like, oh yeah, I have to do that. And we really make a point to make it so they're, they're remembering in that space. You know, which one people do in person, online, both, it kind of depends on the person. I think mm-hmm. for some people, the hands-on is like, it's like a huge... Uh, boost for them because it just shows them the feeling especially they're a very kinesthetic learner and for other people I think that the um, having a little bit of the distance online is helpful because they really learn to trust themselves that they can do it themselves they don't think I'm even though I'm not really doing it for them if I'm yeah I'm there yeah they've tried wow I did this myself and I can see quite a lot on over zoom and I, I have to admit that during the pandemic, being forced to only work online so much that that my ability to give verbal cues has gotten so much more detailed and, and helpful, I think. So yeah. Um, yeah, that's been an interesting thing. But I, I I agree with you. And in fact, that's what, you know, when I work with clients too, it's about getting them to trust themselves, trust their bodies. Yes. It's not what I'm going to tell you, it's not about me telling you what to do. It's you trusting yourself and what you already know and what you already yes. can feel that, you know, you're the best person to to help yourself. So yeah, I love that. I love putting it in. It's in our hands to be able to do this. Well, thank yeah. you. Is there anything else you want to share? 
just on, on the topic of, of women in menopause and, and yeah yeah if you have anything specifically for that time that would be great well you know I've, I've been thinking about this and I think that the women who come see me who are in that that period of life and midlife and it's a lot of my clients are are women in midlife and I think what distinguishes them is that often there there's like this wisdom that's developed or a curiosity about themselves, mm. about their bodies. So it's about like taking care of yourself, but there's also this sort of spark of curiosity. Um, I even had one uh, client say to me recently that she said she went through menopause relatively early and very quickly. And then it was actually like this feeling of freedom um, after that and, and sort of wonder about her own body as she felt it changing because that process made her more aware of her own body and again, interested in what she could do to improve it. Yeah. So there, there's a lot of really positive stuff. I think during that period, I think that a lot of women also um, maybe feel it's a time in their lives. Maybe they were more focused on their children before. If they have children, children are getting older. They have more time to focus on themselves. Again, maybe moving into more roles with more responsibility at work and then having to deal with different demands. All, all of those things, um, you know, sometimes there's a, need, a feeling of needing more confidence. This can help mm -hmm. with that as well. And I, I think about in terms of myself, I'm, I'm 44. So I'm just kind of on the edge of that period. Mm -hmm. And just thinking where I was when I was 20 and that I had this work introduced to me so young and that I was having a lot of, you know, physical issues, uh, which were also, you know, emotional, psychological, it's all kind of wrapped into one at that age. And just how doing this kind of work has followed me. So a lot of people will say to me, they're like, how long did it take you to get it? And I'm like, well, we're constantly evolving. So like, I feel like I have tools that I take with me. And to say I got it might would mean like, am I the same person I was when I was 20? So I'm constantly getting it again. Because, you know, if I imagine all the things that I have gone through since then, I'm very mm -hmm. different now. And I, I, I had no problems during my pregnancies. And I think if I hadn't had this work, I think it would have been, you know, I can't say for sure. I think it would have been very physically challenging for me. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I love that because like you said, we're evolving. I mean, and if you've had pregnancies, if you've had, you know, our bodies have been through so much in the past yeah. 20, 30, 40 years, so many changes and so many things happening. And, and me, I'm a little bit ahead of you at 51. I'm feeling more interested in my body too, because I'm feeling my body a lot more like everything there's a, a heightened sense. I don't know if it's a heightened sensitivity, but you all of a sudden, and I, I know I'm not the only one because I've, I've heard other women say this, but you just Me feel too. a lot. Yeah. You feel yeah. your body a lot more yeah. than you did. Like when you're younger, you don't feel things as much. You don't feel pain as much. You don't feel, but now I feel like I feel a lot of things. And so now I'm wondering, Oh, what's that? And I, I'm much more curious, as you said. So that's really interesting because it's so true. And, and I know that there's a lot of women experiencing that right now. And we just want to understand what's happening, what's mm -hmm. going on and what yeah. are the things I can do to make this feel better for myself. And that's yeah. where somebody like you would come in and be able to help us really get in touch with our bodies and what's happening. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. It, with it, just like for myself, I, I can tell I'm over the past few years, I think I've become just more sensitive to external stimuli, like sound, mm. stuff like that, you know? So it's not necessarily like an internal pain or something or like, oh, my knee hurts. Like, I don't, I don't really have issues like that. Um, but I'm like, oh, it feels like uh, almost like a bombardment. And I'm like, what's okay. So here's something <laughs> else to work on. <laughs> we do change like that. And that's just working on ourselves constantly. Mm -hmm. But I can see where women in midlife would be much more in tune and want to be able to do this, this kind of connection with themselves through somebody like you who does this work. And I find it fascinating because it really is like, it seems so gentle to me what you do. It's just mm -hmm. like a very gentle kind of process. Yeah, it's, it's subtle. People say it, they, it feels subtle, but it's deep. Yeah. Um, I think that we're often used to looking at ourselves almost from the outside and like correcting something almost mechanically yeah. so that it looks different in the mirror. But this is really about it's it's a bit more energetic. You know, there's the good body mechanics that's that's in there, but then there's this sort of I don't almost like energetic connection that you get when you get all of that working together. And and that piece really needs to be there or else you might just feel like you're moving cogs in a machine. Yeah, you have to That's feel it. You have to yeah. feel it in your body that mm -hmm. it's all coming together. That's all aligned or whatever yeah. word you want to use. But okay, well, this has been really interesting. I really appreciate that you've been here today because there's a lot of things I didn't know. And just such, like you said, subtle things that we can do to connect with our bodies and to feel better in who we are. And so I just want to ask you before we go for you, what has been the best part of getting older? Well, I think it was, it's a little bit like what I was talking about with the, you know, like taking the tools I have with me and, mm -hmm. and at the various steps and then, you know, having to figure out the next puzzle. Mm -hmm. So um, as I was saying, I feel really grateful that I, that I learned you know, some things that have been very valuable for my well-being, but it's like at each step I'm, in, I'm encountering something new to sort of deal with, which I could look at as like, oh, you know, I'm, that's frustrating. <laughs> or I could go, okay, this is, this is a new way to think about how to apply when I know. And I, I think what, what makes it even more interesting is then, ah, you know, I have something new I can share with the people I'm working with. And then it becomes really yeah. Fun. Yeah. You get more tools in your toolbox. Yeah. And I like the approach of like, oh, the, you know, the comparing, oh, this is frustrating to, oh, this is interesting. Mm -hmm. How am I going to work on this? You know, this yeah. is like, it's like a puzzle that, you mm -hmm. know, you can, it is solvable. I think yeah. that's what it is too. Cause you can stay in frustration feeling like there's no way out, but to believe that it's solvable and to know that there's some, some combination of something I'm going to do is it, it can help me. Yeah. I think that's so important. And you, you're, you must have a really good bag of tools right now <laughs> since yeah. you've been doing this for so many years. I do. And, and it also helps me think about, well, like what, what other solutions would be helpful for me and to sort that out. And, and it, that's something that a lot of my clients ask me about, you know, the different things they're doing to help things that are more like, this is more educational and has therapeutic benefits, Alexander mm -hmm. technique, but you know, somebody might say, well, like, what do you think about acupuncture? Should I go do that? And, 
for me doing something, I'm just using that as one example, mm-hmm. um, doing something therapeutic. What I found was that this, the tools I had helped me take what I was getting out of that therapeutic session and it helped me maintain it as I like walked down the street and left and moved back into my life so that you can, you can be doing like multiple things to help yourself. And I feel like this technique helps you know your body enough to sort of the sorter of the information and yeah. to sort of know how to manage that information and not just be like, Oh, that felt good back to the computer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so you can go to and try all these alternative yeah. therapies and integrate yeah. them better because you have this this technique because you know exactly how that feels yeah. in your body and what that exactly does for you yeah oh that's so interesting okay I love that <laughs> so it makes me curious about other things too that I can sort of integrate into you know if you almost think about it like like a puzzle or you know a grid yeah. and like can I oh there are more sort of pieces I can fit into my puzzle yeah no I love that and I love puzzles so this is all good <laughs> <laughs> so Lindsay this has been really good I think a lot of women in my audience will get benefit from what you you have to share I love that you're close by too so anybody in the Montreal area could actually see you in person if they want to mm-hmm. so how can they get in touch with you how can they learn more about you your business and and all of that Sure. Well, there are two ways. So if you're if you're in the Montreal area and you're possibly interested in coming to see me in person, uh, you can go to my website, which is posturemontreal.ca. And if you're interested in my online classes for women, it's a different website, and that is poisegeeks.com. P-O-I-S-E-G-E-E-K-S.com. And um, I'm going to be running a uh, six-week course for women. It's kind of an onboarding course uh, this winter, be starting in February. And I run weekly classes, which are, uh, it's my most affordable class option. It's a drop-in class. It's a level two class. So you have to have done either that onboarding course or some other work with me, but it's a lot of fun. And uh, we just work on whatever people want to work on. And we have a theme of of, uh, interaction. So whatever that means, you know, meetings, conversations, presentations, and plus other things that you might want to work on with your posture and body awareness. And that class is called the power pause. If you can the see power this. pause, the power oh, okay. pause, everyone okay. in the class gets a little mug. And this is, we actually use the mug as a tool to be aware of our bodies. So could I leave listeners with one more little tip? Yeah, go ahead. So if you have a mug or an object with a little bit of weight, (laughs) right? And especially if there's something in it, just sense that weight in your hands. And we we start every power pause class like this. You just sense that weight in your hands. And can you be aware of, uh, so I'll ask you, Debbie, can you be aware of looking at me on the screen Mm -hmm. while you're holding that mug? Yes. And you sense that weight and can you see me? Yes. And so I would ask the listeners, can you sense that weight and and just, you know, see something in front of you? It might, whether you're looking at this or something else. And that's just a little glimpse into this mug is giving you some feedback to your own body. Mm. Can you just be aware of your own body present with it while you are engaging with something or someone outside of you? in a way that's not micromanaging just it's like a knowledge that you are there 
Yeah. It's just innate. It's just like, yeah. it's just making us aware of that innate sense we already have. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. That's so simple. Yeah. It's very, it's very simple. It's I love it. <laughs> well, thank you, Lindsay. And I'm so glad you were here to join us today and uh, we'll keep in touch since you are okay. in Montreal and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Okay. All right. Take Bye, care. Lindsay. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Midlife Momentum Podcast. If you want to learn more about working with me, come visit me at debbieharbeckcoaching.com. That's Debbie, I-E, Harbeck with a C, coaching.com. See you next time.